Hello again, friends. Pastor Lowell here. This is number 23 in our Return to Rome series. We'll start with a prayer. Heavenly Father, today again we turn our attention to end-time events which we see happening all around us. We pray that you would give us insights so that we can be among your people ready for end time. We pray your blessing on our study today. In Jesus' name, amen. This is section 5, Return to Rome, a common enemy. When God's people are hated. And we looked at three global common problems or enemies. Number one, climate change. Number two, coronavirus. And number three, terrorism. And we asked the question last time, could it be that faithful Seventh-day Adventists one day will be looked upon like the world today looks upon terrorists? Will we, if faithful, one day be hated by the world? We found that Pope Francis declares that Christian fundamentalism is a sickness. That's what he calls Christian fundamentalism, a sickness. And we define fundamentalism, this is what the dictionary says, a form of a religion, especially Islam or Protestant Christianity, that upholds belief in the strict, literal interpretation of Scripture. Rick Warren, who is a Protestant, back in 2005, in pew form on religion, he said this, Today, there really aren't that many fundamentalists left. Now, he said this 15 years ago, so there's probably even less today. He says, today there really aren't that many fundamentalists left. I don't know if you know that or not. But they are such a minority. There aren't that many fundamentalists left in America. Now the word fundamentalist, I'm reading what he said. Now the word fundamentalist actually comes from a document in the 1920s called the Five Fundamentals of the Faith. And it is a very legalistic, narrow view of Christianity. End of quote. Those are the words of Rick Warren, popular pastor who wrote all these purpose-driven books. Well, you might like to know what were those five fundamentals that make up the, the elements of fundamentalism that he thinks are very legalistic and narrow. Here they are, five fundamentals of faith. Number one, the inspiration and inerrancy of Scripture. You believe that? Well, if you do, you are a fundamentalist. Number two, the deity of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? If you do, then you are a fundamentalist. Number three, the virgin birth of Christ. Do you believe that? Well, if you do, you are a fundamentalist. Number four, the substitutionary atoning work of Christ on the cross. Do you believe that? If you do, you are a fundamentalist. And number five, the physical resurrection and the personal bodily return of Christ to the earth. Do you believe that? Well, if you're a Seventh-day Adventist, we believe that. And that means we are fundamentalists. So there are the five fundamentals of faith that Rick Warren says are a very legalistic, narrow view of Christianity. Number one, the inspiration and inerrancy of Scripture. Rome replaces that with tradition, or adds tradition, and actually puts tradition above Scripture. Number two, the deity of Jesus Christ. 
And, of course, Rome adds the mediatorial work of Mary. She becomes a co-mediatrix. They add the Pope as the representative of Jesus Christ. Then, number three, the virgin birth of Christ. Rome, of course, has the Immaculate Conception. Number four, the substitutionary atoning work of Christ on the cross. And Rome, of course, says that your good works can merit you. Uh, you can work your way and maybe avoid a certain amount of time in purgatory. And number five, the physical resurrection and the personal bodily return of Christ to the earth. And, of course, Roman Catholic mysticism makes all those things mystic rather than literal. Now, that's fundamentalism. Listen, Pope Francis, 2014, said, quote, A fundamentalist group, even if it kills no one, even if it strikes no one, is violent. The mental structure of fundamentalism is violence in the name of God, end of quote. So if you believe in the inspiration and inerrancy of Scripture, you believe in the deity of Jesus Christ, you believe in the virgin birth of Christ, you believe in the substitutionary atoning work of Christ on the cross, and you believe in the physical resurrection and the personal bodily return of Christ to earth, then you have the mental structure of fundamentalism, which the Pope says is violence in the name of God. He considers you then essentially an enemy. Can you see how faithful Seventh-day Adventists at end time will be viewed by the world as a common problem, a common enemy? If we stick to the God's word as it reads, well, listen, Great Controversy, page 93 says, The Great Movement, that's the Reformation, that Wycliffe inaugurated, which was to liberate the conscience and the intellect and set free the nation so long bound to the triumphal car of Rome, had its spring in the Bible. Great Controversy, page 204 and 205, says this, In our time, here we are, 2020, In our time, There is a wide departure from their doctrines and precepts, and there is need of a return to the great Protestant principle, the Bible, and the Bible only, as the rule of faith and duty. End of quote. As one professor says, let the Bible speak. But my question for you, listener, is do Seventh-day Adventists still believe in the Bible and the Bible only? Now, you might be quick to say yes, but listen. We as a church are in a huge dilemma over the issue of biblical authority. There was a book written, published in 2015, the year of the General Conference, the last General Conference. Of course, this year it's been canceled until next year, or maybe we should say postponed till next year because of the coronavirus. But in 2015, a book was published by the Michigan Conference entitled The Adventist Ordination Crisis. And the subtitle of the book said this, Biblical Authority or Cultural Conformity. And you understand that the Seventh-day Adventist Church is wrestling over this issue of shall we ordain women to a headship position in the church to be, as it were, modern priests. We have the Old Testament priests, 
Of course, we know they were all males. What about in the New Testament? All the disciples, we understand, were also men. Now, that doesn't mean that women are inferior. It's the certain roles that God has given to men and women. And we, as a Seventh-day Adventist church, believe those roles are based on the Bible, biblical authority. But you understand some people are trying to rewrite Scripture to fit their view of what ought to be equal, equality. Spectrum magazine had an article entitled, Will Women's Ordination Split the Church? Pastor Doug Batchelor, the president of Amazing Facts Ministries, said, quote, We need to pray as never before, because if the people pushing the new gender-neutral theology have their way, it will divide the Adventist church, end of quote. I'm reading now from our own Adventist Review magazine. This is from 1995. That was a long time ago. Well, actually not that long ago, but it seems like a long time ago. 25 years ago. (laughs) This was written by then the editor of the Review, William Johnson. And he is, by the way, a pro-women's ordination person. He believes in that. But he said in the Adventist Review, July 7, 1995, quote, at three general conference sessions in a row, New Orleans in 1985, Indianapolis in 1990, and now Utrecht yesterday, the church debated the role of women in ministry. How far have we come in resolving this issue? And then he reported in the Adventist Review, quote, yesterday, and this was, of course, at the GC session of 1995, He says, yesterday, we saw two respected Adventist scholars approach the scriptures in different ways. One based his case on specific verses and statements of Ellen White, arguing from a literalistic basis. And we could essentially say from a fundamentalist basis. And then it says, he writing on, he says, the other also apply, also appealed to scripture in Ellen White, but in terms of the principles behind the statements. The differences are striking and important. Now, before we read on, my question is, who decides what the principles are? Principles are interpreted by the person reading. Take, for example, the issue of the weekly Sabbath. As an evangelist, I've had people, Sunday keepers, come to me and say, you Adventists, you're too fundamentalist. You're too literalistic. You focus on a 24-hour period, Saturday. But you miss the principle. The principle is that we rest in Jesus. That's what really the Sabbath means. That's the principle. So you can see how when we begin looking at a principle-based interpretation of Scripture, well, depending on who's who's writing the principles, we can explain away the literal, thus saith the Lord. And that's exactly what's happening, even in Seventh-day Adventist circles, not yet on the weekly Sabbath, but in some of these other hot issues. I'm reading on now from William Johnson, Adventist Review, 1995. He says, they impact, they, that's how we interpret Scripture. He says, they impact not only the women's issue, but many others. And I would agree. 
they do impact many others. Reading on, he says, we have not heard the last of this matter. He wrote that in 1995, and it's so true. We have not heard the last of this matter on women's ordination. Seems like every GC session we wrestle over this matter. And then in 1995, he, reading on, he says, Adventists will have to wrestle with this most basic question. How shall we interpret Scripture? End of quote. That's the Adventist Review. And praise God, we have a whole Sabbath school lesson quarterly, this particular quarter, on that particular point. How to interpret Scripture. But here he said in 1995, two Adventist scholars approached the Scriptures in different ways. One based his case on specific verses and statements of Ellen White, arguing from a literalistic basis. We could say that would be a fundamentalist basis. The other in terms of the principles behind the statements. That would be what we would refer to a relativist basis. What is relativism? Well, the dictionary definition is relativism. Relativism is the doctrine that knowledge, truth, and morality exist in relation to culture, society, or historical con context and are not absolute. In other words, with relativism, we look for the principles behind the statements or behind the text. Whereas fundamentalism, the definition is, a form of a religion, especially Islam or Protestant Christianity, that upholds belief in the strict, literal interpretation of Scripture. And you can understand why Catholicism is left out of that, because they have tradition and they leave the church to interpret even the Scriptures. I'm going to post a picture. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. But there's an amazing picture that I'll add to this particular presentation, and you can look at it and tell me what you think. I'm going to share something that happened back in 2018. This is uh, this is well-known news. Those of you who watch the North American Division uh, year-end meetings, you know that the North American Division voted to reject the World Church Plan. The World Church Plan was essentially that we were not going to allow divisions to independently ordain women to the gospel ministry headship positions in the Church of the Conference. And the North American Division essentially has voted to reject that. And at their year-end meeting, 2018, open opposition to the World Church. And if you watch this, I watched it myself and I was amazed what was said. Reporting, it says, this is the, the North American Division, NAD, Executive Committee, acted in its 20, 2018 year-end meetings to openly defy the voted actions of the World Church. The North American Division Executive Committee, they, let me read on, says the NAD president claimed that the NAD had not contravened General Conference working policy and stated the NAD, quote, we will not be deterred. We don't care what action." We don't care what body, he's implying here the GC, we don't care what body, we do not care, end of quote. When I listened to his speech, 
to the delegates there at the year-end meeting there at, uh, in uh, Washington, I was just shocked at what he said. This is absolute rebellion. Jackson demands new push for women's ordination. If you'd like to read more on this, you can find a lot more from the website ordinationtruth.com, which is put together by a group Council of Adventist Pastors. And I know many, many of the pastors or some of the pastors that are on this particular group. But here William Johnson said all the way back in, 2000, in 1995, two Adventist scholars approached the scriptures in different ways. One based his case on specific verses and statements of Ellen White arguing from a literalistic or fundamentalist basis the other in terms of the principles behind the statements are relativist basis. And that leaves us with the question, how shall we interpret Scripture? Well, we'll take that up next time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, teach us to base our faith on your holy word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <music> 